The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. We are having what we have called the laying out of hands service. Um, laying out of hands is, is something that is very key to God and how God works, just how it works. You know, so we're going to explain a few things and we're going, we going to engage and we'll be done. When we gather to worship, when we come to God's presence, you see, we need to understand where we are and what is happening around us and what resources are available to us. And that is so important and powerful. That is what separates the church from, from, from um, a social gathering. That's what separates the church of the living God from Rotary Club, for instance. That's what separates the church from, you know what I'm going to say next, Sunshine Sisters. <laughs> That's what separates the church from, from family gathering. That's what separates the church from associations of professionals. Matthew 18, 20. Matthew 18, 20. The word of God says to us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. This is Jesus speaking himself. He says, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. The KJV says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. So Jesus is here in our midst. And, and that is what makes the difference. What makes the difference in church is not, is not the oratory of, of the pastor the, or the gifts of, of, of the workers or, or the, the ambience around you. No, 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 no. What makes the difference in church is the presence of Jesus. That's what makes the difference in church. And when Jesus is present, healings happen, miracles can happen, the supernatural is present, heaven is open. And because heaven is open, you see, if you get this, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm sharing with you, you'll be so powerful, it will be unbelievable. People will look at you and look at the results of your life and they will say, mm, this doesn't add up. This small girl cannot just wield this much power. They will look at you and say, this small boy, you know, it can't be him. So, because you will be so powerful, you'll be an enigma. People will try and explain you, but they will not be able to explain you. And Paul was saying in, in Hebrews, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews because even some scholars have different views. The authorship of Hebrews is not clear, but I think it was Paul. If you go through all his writings, this is just too Paulish. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 18, it says, you have come, you have not come to a physical mountain. You have not come to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, whirlwind, as the Israelites did 
at Mount Sinai. It says, for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. This was talking about the experience of the Jews. And they staggered back under God's command. If an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. He says, you haven't come to a physical place that can be touched to a physical mountain. He says, no, you have come to Mount Zion. Everybody say Mount Zion. Zion. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirit of just men, of the righteous ones in heaven who have now be made perfect. Verse 24, you have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant between God and man. And you have come to the blood of sprinkling, the sprinkled blood which speaks forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. So it, 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 it lists out Seven things to expect when you come into God's presence. You haven't just come to a physical place to, to dance and to get sweaty or, or to just mark a register or, or to, to appease your conscience. So I, I, I went to church on Sunday. He says, you've come to experience seven different things. And number one, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. In fact, that alone is a series. <laughs> Praise the name of God. <laughs> it's a huge, it's, a, it's big. It says you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. When you stepped into this gate, you have not stepped into, into um, a physical gathering. Of God's people, yes, you have. But beyond that, when you've stepped into this place, maybe we should put a banner, Mount Zion, the city of the living God. But that would be misleading because it's, it is beyond this physical place. When we come out and, and we say, Jesus must be honored, must be honored, must be honored. Jesus must be honored in my life. God says, boom, you have come to the city of the living God. Just like that. It's, 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 a, it's a mystery, it's a miracle. It's, it, is, it, is, it can only be experienced. Since you've come to the city of the living God, and number two, in this city, you have come to an innumerable company of angels, to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. 
So when we come and we are in the city of the living God, guess what? We are not alone. We are surrounded by angels. Praise the name of the Lord. There are angels in this place. I'm sure, I'm sure you know. Many of you have seen them. A lot of our children have seen them. You know, I've, I've told you a story about a, I think I've said it several times, but maybe there may be new people let me just share it. A story about a young girl. I mean, the mom came to me and was like, oh, she needed to see me. Um, and, and she was telling me the, the story, how, how it goes. I think they were like having like Bible story time with children, you know, and the Bible story just talked about angels. And, and the mom was trying to talk about angels. And, and the little girl didn't seem um, surprised. And the mom was shocked. And, and the mom was asking the little girl, have you seen an angel before? The girl said, yeah, of course I've seen an angel before. Now, she said she had goose pimples. She was like, now you are freaking me out. You have seen an angel. Where did you see an angel? She says, in church. She says, where in church? She says, when pastor is preaching, that as he's walking up and down, there are angels, one to his right, one to his left, walking with him up and down. I said, describe them. And she described them. She says, they are tall, they are huge, they are big. She says, mom, don't you see them? She says, mom, is, are your spiritual eyes uh... <laughs> you know, so the mom said, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. And she told me, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Listen, if what we are doing is just motivational speaking, we have all men most miserable. We are the most useless pack. So it irritates me when pastors reduce themselves to motivational speakers. Why? Because we've lost touch of the supernatural. The supernatural is what separates us from the world. It's the supernatural. And I can go on and on about this, but let me just stay. And it says, number three, you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn born children whose names are written in heaven. And this is big. I kind of skipped this yesterday. I mixed it up. You know, it's big because your name and my name are written in heaven if you belong to God. And God says that when <laughs> you when you belong to him he writes your name in the book of life. And that name is precious to God. So, in other words, when people come to worship, one of the things that are displayed in heaven are your names and my names. Now, the, the truth is that if your name is not there, you need to make sure it's there. You need to make sure it's there. Number four, it says, not only have you come to the mountain of the Lord, the Mount Zion, the city of the living God, not only have you come to, the, to an innumerable company of angels, not only have you come to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God himself. You have not come to a proxy of God. You have come to God himself. 
You have not just come to, to angels because this is not about angel worship. This is about God worship. He says you have come to God himself. Who is the judge over all things? Talking about judge, yesterday's drama was fantastic. You know, I mean, if you missed it, you, you missed it. Believe me. Um, we'll try and put it in DVD, you know, and sell it as Nollywood. And have put to be continued at, at the back. <laughs> now, you have come to God himself. The Bible says, number five, not only have you come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, not only have you come to an innumerable company of angels, not only have you come to the, name, to the church of the firstborn whose name is written in heaven, not only have you come to God himself, you have come to the spirit of just men made perfect. You have come. And this is, this is where it gets tricky because if you don't understand this, you, a lot of people have gone into a lot of funny errors because they really don't understand this. You, you know, the Bible says that look, we have come to the spirit of righteous ones in heaven who have been made perfect. Believe it or not, people that die in God, they are in heaven and they are alive. And they are watching us. In Hebrews 11, you know, the word of God talks about the all of faith. All of faith. Talks about Abraham, Enoch, about, about Isaac, about David, about Daniel. And, it's, and it says in, in verse, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Seeing that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, we should run with patience the race that is set before us. In other words, Abraham, David, Daniel, everyone that died in God, they are watching us and they are cheering us. If you have grandparents or parents that have gone to be with the Lord, that, that are saved, that knew Jesus, guess what? Believe it or not, they are in heaven and their spirits are alive in God and they are watching you and they are cheering you. I know because from all encounter with my grandmother, she knew God. I know my grandmother is in heaven. And I know she's among them, cheering me, Femi, don't give up. Keep moving. Don't faint. Don't fall. Don't fall to temptation. No, 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 no. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't do it. Lord, keep moving. <laughs> President, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. We are surrounded by them. And number six, we are surrounded. When we come to worship, when we lift up our hands and we say, I praise you, I praise you, oh, I praise you, I praise you, Father in my life. See, one more time I lift, sing praise of your name. I lift my hands 
between God and people. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. You have not just come to mark attendance. You have not just come to show up in church. You have not just come to perform a religious rites. You have come to Jesus. The mediator of the new covenant. And number seven, when we come, the word of God says, we have come to the sprinkled blood. The blood of sprinkling. And that is so important. That is so, so important. That speaks better things than the blood of Abel. When you come before God. Why is the blood important? Again, that is a whole kettle of fish. The blood is so key because it is by the sacrifice of Jesus we can have access to God's presence. So when the enemy comes to condemn you, the blood of Jesus speaks to cleanse you. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is important because when we come, and the Bible says when we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us and to what? Cleanse us. When we fellowship with him, the blood of his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So, coming to God, it is important to know the things we are in, that we are mingling with. You should show up at the office in your businesses tomorrow and they should look at you and they should say, you have changed they should say something as, you've mingled with something. There should be a, an unexplainable aura around you. Praise the name of the Lord. And why that is, is because today, your life is changed because you are realizing when we come together, we've come to the city of the living God. We've come to an innumerable company of angels. We've come to the name of the church of the living God, of the firstborn written in heaven. We have come to God himself. We've come to the spirit of just men made perfect. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We've come to the blood. The blood that speaks for you and I. So the church is a spiritual place. God's gathering of God's, the gathering of God's people is a lot of spiritual activity are going on. Destinies are being rearranged for good. Defenses are being set up for you. And it's important that you know it. Knowledge is very powerful. It's important that you know it. And, and how one of the things that God uses, one of the venues that God, avenues that God uses from the Old Testament to the New Testament in releasing supernatural endowment, supernatural assistance and all is by laying on of hands. It's consistent from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Numbers 
27, 18. The Bible says, the Lord replied and said to, Joshua, to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. So Joshua already had the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, but God said Moses should lay his hands on him. Some foolish people say, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. I don't need anybody. No, 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 no. Anyway, I, I, I'm sure there are no foolish people in this place. Praise the name of the Lord. Deuteronomy 24, because 34, because I can, I can even unpack that in a very interesting way for you. Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, it says, Now Joshua, son, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. How? Why? For Moses had what? Laid his hand on him. Wow. Moses had laid his hands on him. So, even though Joshua had the Holy Spirit, it's one of the very few people in the Old Testament God actually says had the Holy Spirit in them. Moses laying his hands on him changed his life. God uses in the New Testament the laying of hands to commission people to ministry. We are not going to be doing that, commissioning people to ministry today, but I've just mentioned that, you know, I mean, it, for your reference, Matthew chapter, that should be Acts of the Apostles, not Matthew. Acts of the Apostles chapter 6, verse 6. It says, these seven were presented to the apostles. It's Acts of the Apostles. Who prayed for them as they laid their hands on, on them. In, in Matthew 19, Jesus himself uses the laying on of hands. He says, one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. So we see it in the Old Testament, we see it in the New Testament. It's consistent in Scripture and it's a basic teaching of, of, of the Word of God. In fact, that actually regarded in Hebrews 6 as very basic. If you read Hebrews 6 from verse 1, it says, Hebrews 6 1 says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings. Everyone say basic teachings. These are fundamental. These are elementary stuff. These are kindergarten stuff. Not minimizing the importance, but they are like foundational stuff. About Christ again and again. Let us go on instead to become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance not because of the simplistic, simplistic nature, but it's fundamental in importance of repentance from evil deeds, of placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction on baptisms, on the laying on of hands. And it went on and on and on. So while it is key, it's a fundamental truth, it's a fundamental teaching of the Word of God, it is also to be handled with a lot of um, care and a lot of, a lot of care. You know, the Bible says that Moses laid his hands on Joshua and the spirit of wisdom entered into Joshua because Moses had the spirit of wisdom. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot impact what you have not contacted. If you don't have a flu, 
You cannot give somebody a flu. Let's look at it like that. <laughs> For communicable diseases. If you don't have, give me another communicable disease. Cough. No, no, give me a correct one. Chicken pox, sir. That one is serious. <laughs> if you don't have chicken pox, if you have not contacted chicken pox, you cannot impact chicken pox. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though you may have the Holy Spirit in you, and that is why it is important that you are careful who lays hands on you. This, your head, is very precious. Everybody say, my head. is very precious. It's very precious. You have to be careful who lay hands on you. Some people, I mean, people have opened themselves up to all sorts of strange spirits. You're going to see some prophet that is reading with the spirit of lust. He lays his hands on you. Guess what's going to begin to happen? That's what's going to transfer. You see a prophetess. And they don't know with prophets and prophetesses. I mean, they are legit ones, you know. With the spirit of mommy water. And lays hands on you. I say, Pastor, ah, she prophesied. Demons prophesy? Don't demons prophesy. Sister, Pastor, it was, it was correct though. She's told me what big deal. Then you're struggling with mommy water. You don't even know where it's coming from. And there are many people in this place that they've opened themselves up to all sorts of strange spirits. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that today, every of such things will be buried and you'll be totally separated from them in the mighty name of Jesus. It's important that you know, I was sharing yesterday at the first worship experience that as far as I, can, I could remember, only three people has laid hands on this in my head. Three. Then yesterday night, I remembered fourth. <laughs> my very first pastor is in the U.S. now. Yes, he did. Pastor Sam Sam, you know him. Pastor Adeboye. And Pastor... Esco, inform. Just four people. Because this head is precious. The things, you cannot carry what hasn't been impacted. You, as I was explaining, if they've, if they've not given you, if, if the person that's carrying it does not, that's how God works. That's just how God works. So when, because today there's going to be laying on of hands, praise the name of the Lord. And, and you see, I, I won't be laying hands on everybody because we won't live here today. So what has happened is we're going to do what God told Moses to do. And I've laid hands on some people and they're going to lay hands on you so that we can get ready for the third um, the third service. Now, when they are laying hands on you, 
You determine where they lay hands on. I give you the liberty to do that. It's the contact that matters. You can, they can lay hands on your hand, they can lay hands on your shoulders, or they can lay hands on your head. It's up to you. Praise the name of the Lord. But what should you expect when hands are laid on you? I'm going to go pretty fast now. Laying on of hands brings refreshing. Brings refreshing. Refreshing. Revelations 1, 17. I told you it goes all the way from the Old Testament all the way to Revelations. Revelations 1, 17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. Life left me. He says, but he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. And strength came into me. I was refreshed. God is going to lay hands on you. And you will be refreshed today in Jesus' name. Everyone that is weary and tired, you will receive refreshing from heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. Laying on of hands, in addition to bringing refreshing, Laying on of hands brings healings. Brings healings. In Matthew 9, 18, Matthew 9, 18, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said. But you can bring her back to life again if you just come and what? Lay your hands on her. Mark 7, 32, a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on him to heal him. And Jesus did and the man was healed. In Acts 28, verse 8, there was a man called Publius who owns an island. The Bible says, as it happened, Publius, Publius' father, was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and what? Laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the sick people on the island came. Makojabmiulikbala, as they say. Pass me not to gentle Savior. And they were healed. Everyone that is sick in this place, as hands have been laid upon you, God will heal you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Laying on of hands lifts burdens and destroys yokes because the anointing of God is released when hands are laid. It lifts burdens, it destroys Yokes, Isaiah 10, 27, Isaiah 10, 27. He says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointed. Praise the name of the Lord. Every burden in this place shall be lifted in the name of Jesus, every yoke in this place shall be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Laying on of hands brings refreshing, brings healings, brings lifts burdens and destroys yokes. Laying on of hands deposits the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Laying on of hands deposits the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19 verse 6, Acts 19 6, it says, Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. As hands have been laid upon you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. Acts 8, 17, from verse 17. I know I'm going pretty fast. Try and keep pace, keep writing. Don't give up, don't give up. Acts 8, 17. It says, Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on the people, he offered them money. To buy the power, this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed. So that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit you don't know. Praise the name of the Lord. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you. For thinking God's gifts can be bought. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. First Timothy 4 14. It says, do not neglect the spiritual gifts you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. As hands have been laid upon you, the gifts of God is going to be released upon you. As, as hands have been laid upon you, for those of us that have gifts that are just sitting down, dormant, God is going to stir up the gifts in the mighty name of Jesus. When hands are laid, laying on of hands brings refreshing, brings healings, lifts burdens, and destroy yokes, laying on of hands, deposits the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Laying on of hands releases supernatural assistance. Laying on of hands releases supernatural assistance. Remember the testimony of, um, the video testimony of the young man that said he was attacked by armed robbers they had guns. He and his cousin took knives. That they would, they would not be a pushover. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. However, when you have supernatural assistance, if your enemies have guns and you have physically a knife, when you have supernatural assistance, what will happen is that you will have submachine guns arranged behind you, facing your enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. That is what they call supernatural assistance. 
Bullets will just be eating them. And they're like, ah, where is this coming from? It's in scriptures, Second Kings. Second Kings. The story of Elisha. The Bible says Elisha told him, Second Kings 13, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Can you see? Not on the king's head. They're still laying on of hands. On the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. And he shot. And Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow. An arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the Arameans at Afek. God will send his arrow into the camp of all the enemies of your destinies in the mighty name of Jesus. Believe it or not, when you are on a mission to fulfilling destinies, there are people and there are forces whose assignment is to keep you from achieving it. If you think, I mean, this thing is just, oh, pastor, you know, if I don't, if I don't think bad about anybody, nobody will think bad about me. That's a big lie. You know. The fact, I've said it before, the fact that, I mean, look at everybody here. Everybody there is looking pretty and beautiful and all that. The fact that you're even looking beautiful, beautiful and handsome, so people are not happy. Why is she always the one? Why is it that her husband is always taking care of her? Why is it that he's a, he have issues? Praise the name of the Lord. But as they raise their head, the arrow of God will hit them. In the name of Jesus. Say amen when you should say amen. <laughs> so we are, we are about to start ministering. Just a few things. I'm closing early, so we have time for everybody. But I want us to bother our hearts as we bother our heads. You know, if your name is not written in heaven, your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you cannot say with confidence, when we're talking about names written in heaven, you cannot say with confidence that, Pastor, by the grace of God, I know my name is in heaven. I have, the, I, have, I have the conviction. I know that I know that I know that my name is there. You can ensure that today. I want to pray with you. And heaven is going to write your name. You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. You say, Pastor, that is me. Put up that hand now over your head. Quickly. If I put up the hand, put it up well. God bless you. If I put it up, put it up well. Well, raise it up over your head. God bless you. God bless you right there. Over there. God bless you. I, I want to pray with you wherever you're seated. You don't need to come forward. God bless you right there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother over there. Keep your hands up. My, I, I want to, without a shadow of doubt, God bless you right there. God bless you. I, I can see that hand right there over that corner. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister right there. That is me. Without a shadow of doubt, Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We ask that you cleanse them by the precious and eternal blood of Jesus.
that you write their names in the Lamb's book of life, that you change this story and your name will be glorified. All right, glory will be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.